I don't know why. But I, I really believe this is, this is what God wanted me to preach tonight. And it's Acts chapter 14, verses 19. Acts chapter 14, verse 19. And I obviously want to thank your pastors, amen, Pastor Stevan, Sister Chella, who are very good friends of mine. And um, I love them very much. And tomorrow we're going to eat tacos, amen. So we're going to, I told them, you, I can't come to Hayward and you, you take everybody to tacos. and you're not, you're, I'm here, so we're going to go, Amen. So tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to get my tacos, amen, from Pastor Stevan. He's a good friend of mine. I love him. He's, he's a great man. Acts chapter 14, verses 19, it says, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul, dragged him outside the city, supposing he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up. And entered the city. Father, I thank you for your word, God. Tonight, I ask your Holy Spirit just to fill me up and give me power, Lord, to be able to minister your word. I thank you for everyone that's here tonight. I know this is a powerful church, God. You've raised up, God, to be a, 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 another lighthouse, another church that's going to continue to reach the world. But today, I pray, Lord, that you give them a heart for the city right here in Hayward, God. We thank you, and it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm called to take a city. Some of you are like, uh, 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 no, I'm, what, wait, 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 I can't say those words because if that means I'm going to get sent out. Tell your neighbor just by faith, okay? I'm called to take a city. Some of you still not doing it. <laughs> Come on, look at them. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make sense, okay? So don't get scared. I'm not, I'm not looking at who says it, and I'm not going to tell your pastor this one. No, just, just trust me on this one, okay? Everybody tell somebody, I'm called to take a city. Come on, tell three people, I'm called to take a city. When, when you hear a title like that, you might say, well, this is a title for selective people. This is a, this is a message for, for those that are called to pack their bags. This is, a, this is a message for those that are called to go take a city and, and, you know, go get on a plane. Or this is for those that are called to go and do something at a, another country, another city. And although I know there are some here because I, I know where I'm at tonight, amen. So I know there are some that are called to pack their bags. I, I know there are some called that are go on a plane. I know there's some here tonight that are called to go and take cities other places and that's okay but at this moment and right now in this season right now at Victory Outreach Hayward I'm talking about the city that you're living in right now everybody here tonight is called to take the city of Hayward the heart of the bay because this is the city God has called you to take you're called to take a city see not everybody's going to be called to go out and take a city, and that's the message I feel the Lord has given me tonight. That God wants you to get a heart for your city. A deeper heart for it. A deeper love, a deeper burden for the city that you're in right now. See, my city in Pretoria is not the most popular city. It's actually, you know, when people say, when I say I'm from South Africa, the first thing they say, oh, you're from Cape Town. Right? Well, you know, do you know that Cape Town is 17 hours driving away from me? That's like saying, you're from Texas. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it, it's not, it's totally different. It's totally different. Yes, it's South Africa. Yes, we're one. But at the same time, 
God gives a specific heart for different cities so that you can be able to reach that city. And I'm being honest with you. I love Cape Town. I love Cape Town. I love Johannesburg. I love all the cities in South Africa because uh, if you're at Mighty Men, I shared how God had enlarged my heart to reach all of South Africa. But I'll be honest with you. I always have a little bit more love for the city that I'm in right now because God has given me a deep love for the city of Pretoria. And if I didn't have that deep love for it, there's no way that I would be able to accomplish or to be able to stick it out when things get hard. Listen, I, I believe you cannot build without a burden. Can't build without a burden. Sometimes the cities that we're in, if we're not careful, we, we, we look at it like, okay, this is just a, a, the way it is, or this is the city that I live in. It's kind of similar to when they told Jesus that he was from Nazareth, and they said, well, that's just a Nazareth. You're just, you're just from Nazareth, and, and nothing good could come out of Nazareth. And there was a, a sense of, you know, just a looking at it like, okay, this is just a, you know, a little place or a little area, but no, this is where God wants to raise up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In other words, there was a specific call on the city of Nazareth, and that call was to be able to see something take place that was literally going to change the world. In other words, here tonight, when you look up your church directory, when you look up Victory Outreach Heart of the Bay, it has your pastor's name on it. But at the same time, you may say, well, that's just, this city is for my pastor to take. No, but what I want you to know tonight, that if you're here tonight, this city is yours. This is your city to take. Is there still drug addicts and gang members and hurting families and people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ right here in Hayward? I believe, yes, you're called to send people out. You're going to do that. I, I have no doubt in my mind. But it's of those of you that are going to stay back, I believe God wants you to reach your city like never before. He wants to tell you, listen, it's time to take your city. See, the best promotion of God in your church is not a flyer in an event. The best promotion of God in your church is you. You, you're the, you can do it. An event comes and goes. A, a, a flyer, amen, after the date is over, it becomes garbage, right? It's nothing. But you, you have the best ability to reach your city. You have the best ability to reach your area, your region right here in Hayward. I'm sure there's other areas around the city that you're believing for. So I, I'm, I'm just talking about Hayward. But any city right here, God has called you. See, I believe this, and, I, and it's biblical, so it's not just something I believe, that God is sovereign. In other words, nobody tells God what to do. How many were born in this area? Born. Raise your hand. Come on. Like you're proud of it. Come on now. You're proud of it. Come on. You're from the Bay, right? How many moved here, right? Maybe sometime in your life, right? Did you know that God has a sovereignty of bringing you together? See, God's original plan was for us to be in relationship with him. We know that we, I don't want to break it down, a whole theology, uh, theological, you know, a teaching, but uh, at the same time, it was sin that separated us, and, and, and from that point, God has been creating plans and he created obviously came himself he died on the cross and he says okay I want back relationship with my creation this is my main focus this is my main goal in other words there's a sovereignty of why you were born in Hayward or why God brought you to Hayward because there is a bigger plan and a bigger purpose that God wants you to see and it's 
knowing that God wants to use you to reach more people so that you could be able to take your city. And I'll take Pretoria. Trust me, I'll, I'll do my best to take Pretoria. And the other city will take that city. And the other city will take that city. Other cities will take their cities. But this is your city. See, I believe that there's still more to do. Jesus said it very clearly. He says, my food is to do the will of my father. When he was a young boy, as a 13-year-old kid, he said, I have to be about my father's business. From the very beginning of time, Jesus had a focus. He knew what he was supposed to do on this earth. In other words, he understood that his life was bigger than just being a carpenter, although he was a carpenter. Although he, was, he had a profession, but his profession wasn't his calling. His profession was what, what got him to the, to the place where he could be able to live and have means, but he knew his calling was bigger than his profession. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here tonight, but I don't know about you, but God didn't call me just to pay bills and to die. Look at your and say, pay your bills. I'm not saying don't pay your bills. I said, God didn't call me just to pay bills and to die. Okay? I said, yeah, the pastor said I don't have to pay my bills. Amen. I'm going I'm to live for God. No, you have to pay your bills. But that's not all there is to life. There's, there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger fulfillment. There's a bigger, there's a bigger plan that God has for your life. See, here in this story, you find Paul and Barnabas. Uh, from verses 1 through 9, they were preaching the gospel. They were healing people. They were doing the work of God. They were preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. They were, they were talking about what Jesus had done. And the Bible says that these men of, of, the, of the town, they were giving them like a, a, a parade or they were honoring and celebrating them and calling them Greek gods. And the Bible says that he, they ripped off their clothes and they said, we're just, we're just normal people just trying to do something for God. We're nobody special. And all of a sudden, a few of those people, someone, somewhere in that mix, something happened. Where all of a sudden now that there was a sense of, uh, of, of turnaround and the same people, just like Jesus, that were crying Hosanna or, or crying you guys are gods, now were trying to kill them and literally got them and killed them to the, almost to the point where the Bible says that they were left for dead. And it wasn't just good enough just to kind of leave them for dead, but they grabbed their almost dead carcass and they threw them outside the city. Now, I don't know about you, but that would be a hint that maybe I shouldn't be in that city. To me, that might be a hint. I don't know about you. But that would give me an inclination that maybe these people don't want me here. But my Bible says that the very next day they got back up. Oh, you don't hear me. Come on. My Bible says that the very next day they got back up and they went back into that city and they did what God had called them to do. Why? Because Paul was called to a bigger purpose. In other words, listen, they got up. They understood that if they were going to take the city and if they were going to plant churches and they were going to ultimately preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and advance the kingdom of God, they understood that there was going to be a price to be paid. They understood that, they, that the enemy just wasn't going to give them the city and say, go ahead, just to reach people. But no, there was going to be people that had to fight for what God had promised them. There had to be people that were willing to pay the price. See, the devil's just not going to give us our cities. 
The devil's just not going to give us our sons and daughters. The devil's just not going to give us our communities and the people that are hurting in our cities. But we're going to have to, at times, fight the good fight of faith like Paul told Timothy. At times, we're going to take hits. At times, we're going to get some pain. But also, we're going to be able to hit back. Why? Because this is a good fight. You get hit and they get hit back. You don't just stay down, but you learn how to get back up and get back in there and fight the good fight that God has for you. See, today's not a good day to quit. Tomorrow don't look good either. You may feel beaten up this morning or tonight or even feel like you're dead, but God is calling you to take your city. 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 I'll say it one more time. God is calling you to take your city. Stir yourself up once again. Stir that fire. Fan that flame. Get that passion. Get that zeal. Say, I'm going for it. See, I've had the opportunity. I've had the opportunity to help start five churches from the ground up. I've had the opportunity, and I say that, I use the right word, opportunity. I don't see it as like I'm the best to do it. It was every time an opportunity to do it, and for some reason, God allowed me to do it, and I was able to see a church start and begin to see it developed, and another church start and see it developed, and see a church start, and, 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 and God seen it fit to give me one of those five churches, I guess, because <laughs> I'll do it again if that's what God wants. But God's seen it fit to say, listen, okay, go ahead and take, this is your church now. Now, I believe I'm still going to take more churches in more cities. Uh, we got a big Africa to take, the continent of Africa. I can't even take it in my lifetime, and I'm pretty young, and I still don't have enough years in my life to take the whole continent because it's pretty big, if you haven't noticed. It's a big continent. But to the day I die, I believe that I'm going to take cities for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ. So what is it going to take to take the city? Looking at this scripture alone, these three verses alone, it tells us pretty much everything, in my opinion, of how to take your city. Number one, it's simply you got to be determined. Determined. When, when, when people ask me, sometimes I get asked, they say, Pastor, when maybe a new pastor, a new church starting, what, how did you, what do you do to break things open? I say, I'll give you one word. It's called aggressiveness. If you, you took the pedal off the metal and you start just blaseing and being comfortable and not really getting into what God has for you, you're gonna, eventually it's going to catch up to you. I, I, I've been to Miami. I started a church in Miami. I wasn't pastoring. I was part of the teams at different times. Uh, Miami, I've been to the East Coast. I've been all over. I've been South three, helped start three churches in South Africa. And if I'll be honest with you, when I would go to take these cities and then I would be in those cities, I would be on a mission. Right? You were like mission. Some of you have been on a crusade or maybe you've been to women's convention or you've been to men, mighty men of valor and you were on a mission, man. You felt the power. But all of a sudden you come back to your city. Yeah, this is the way it is here. We, we start to look at what would have happened? What would have happened in Victory Outreach Hayward? What would have happened in Northern California if you were to look at it as a mission field? 
What if you were to look at it as, what if, what if those, those that are in high school, those that are in school right now, if you were to look at your high school as a mission field, what if you were to look around your neighborhood and look at your neighbors and say, you know what, the same passion I had when I was on that crusade, the same passion I had when I was in that mission field, the same passion I had when I was going to that mighty man of valor, if I bring it back to my community, what would happen to my victory center? What would happen to my life group? What would happen to my gang service? What would happen if I would get that determination to see it the same way I did when I was out in the field. See, the Apostle Paul never, he never lost that, no matter where he was at. I, I liken it to Pastor Sonny, and, I, and, and they're both, they both were just men, just like Pastor Sonny's a man, and Apostle Paul wasn't a God. He, he was just a man, just like Pastor Sonny. The, the, the purpose and the constant purpose of life and purpose of vision keeps them determined. Determination by definition is the act of coming to a decision or fixing or settling on a purpose. You're determined. In other words, there's still more to do. I like this quote. What someone lacks in talent, they can make up in determination. What someone lacks in ability or someone lacks in, in, in you know, maybe even experience, you can make up with determination. You can make up with the determined spirit inside of you. See, Lystria, again, was a very important city of the day. It was a lot of Jewish people in this city. It was a Jewish community. So for Paul to want to preach the gospel in this city, it was like him saying, I like to get beat up. It's kind of like going into a hard neighborhood. It's kind of like going into some of these neighbors that we go to as Victory Outreach. And we go into these neighborhoods and it's not easy because you're dealing with the mentality. You're dealing with the mindset. You're dealing with different things that are the enemy has been on them for a long time. And, and God is looking for people that say, I am determined to work through all that because I believe God is able to save lives. I believe God has called us to take our city. See, it wasn't easy. But again, Paul had a burden for the city of Lystria. He had a burden. And again, sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we start to look at our communities. And I like to say it like this. I say it a lot. We become like Tupac. Hello. And like Tupac said, he said, that's just the way it is. Oh, you remember that song. Come on. Don't I? I give away my age, I think I did, right? Because then I guess. That's just the way it is. I'm just, this is the way that life's going to be here. This is the way my city's going to be. No, 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 no. How many know that God wants to do a fresh thing in your church? Oh, come on, a few of you here tonight. How many know God wants to do a fresh thing in your spirit? He wants to do a fresh thing in your community. He wants you to break numeric numbers. He wants you to break communities open. He wants you to break, amen, a new strat, a new power over your life. I believe it. This is a word I believe God gave me. This, this wasn't even a message that I was supposed to preach tonight. I was going to preach about miracles and healings and all this message ready tonight. But God says, no, I want you to talk about taking the city because I want to stir up a group of people in Hayward to be able to stir themselves up again so that they can see more lives change. See, Paul got up. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. How many have ever been in a fight before? Raise your hand. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Amen. You look like a fighter. Sister. Amen. Now, 
If you've ever been in a fall, okay, I'll make it a little more, you know, more, uh, uh, you know, uh, humane, you could say. How many ever worked out before? One time in your life. Raise your hand. Amen. <laughs> right? Now, if you ever worked out before and it maybe hasn't been for a long time or you got in a fight before, how many know that the very next morning is the hardest thing to get up? Right? The very next morning, you cannot get out of bed. It's kind of like, it's almost, almost like, the, you know, it's impossible almost. And you walk around all stiff. And, and especially if you got in a good fight, right, physically. And the next morning is the hardest morning, right? So how in the world did the Apostle Paul, how in the world did the Apostle Paul get beat up almost to death? They thought he was dead even. And then they got him and threw him outside the city. And somehow he was able to get back up the very next day. There had to have been some type of power that was over the Apostle Paul's life. There had to have been some type of Holy Spirit that was dwelling inside of him. There had to have been some type of, you know, inspiration of the Holy Ghost that was dwelling inside of him. Listen, listen, if you want to get determined, then you got to let the Holy Spirit fill you up. Because listen, again, today is not a good day to quit. Today is not a good day to backslide. Today is not a good day to say, I don't want the call of God. Today is not a good day to say... I'm going to go for plan B. Today is a good day to get back up, to get back to your fight. Put your hands up and fight for what God has for your life. Because, uh, see, God can put you in the ring. Your, your pastor can put you in the ring. Your leader can put you in the ring. But if you don't swing and you don't fight back, you're going to get knocked out by the devil. You're going to get knocked out by your trials. You're going to get knocked out by your situation. But God didn't call us to quit. Because I don't know about you, for about 21 years now, when I tried to quit, when I tried to throw in the towel, the devil, he, he looks at the towel, God looks at the towel, and he throws it back in my face. And he says, listen, I'm not done with you yet I got more for you and you keep fighting you keep fighting for what God has for your life be determined go after it don't quit don't backslide there's still more for you see Paul could have easily given up could have easily said this is this isn't worth it he had, he had all validity, you could say, to say, you know what, man, I'll go to the next city, or I'll go to the next place, or I'll go to over here. This isn't worth it. And listen, the same people that were worshiping him were now trying to kill him. Okay, we're, I don't do this that much, but I, I seem like I'm doing it tonight, I guess. Look at Shanae one more time. For some reason, I'm doing it a lot tonight. It's fine. And tell him, this one's, this one's going to hurt. Tell him, this one's going to hurt. Tell him, I'm sorry, but not everyone's going to like you. I know it's hard to believe. I know you're so wonderful and, and beautiful and sweet and you're so nice. And, but listen, not everyone's going to like you. The same people that were with them are now trying to beat them. Oh, you don't hear me tonight. The same people that were saying, we're with you, are now against you. 
But Paul wasn't detoured by the crowd. He wasn't detoured by who was with them or who was not with them. He was focused on what God had for his life. He was a horse on a shutter. That's why they put those little shutters on that horse because the horse is not worried about who's on the staff. The horse is worried about running his race and finishing the best possibly he can. See, if the devil can't get you to backslide, the second best thing is to get you unfocused. Because a frustrated Christian is, is, is just as good as somebody that leaves the Lord. Because they're not actually achieving what God has for their lives. And they're frustrated and frustrated and frustrated. So the enemy was trying to put frustration and roadblocks in the Apostle Paul's life. But in the midst of all this chaos... There was going to be a turn of events because of the Apostle Paul's tenacity and determination. It didn't make sense. He was preaching the gospel. He was doing good things. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He was doing God's will and he got beat up for it. Can I help you tonight, church? Sometimes God's will is not going to make sense to you. In fact, most of the time... God's will, this doesn't make sense. It's kind of like, why would God allow this to happen to him? Why, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He, some of you have been coming to church, you've been, you've been taking your city, you've been doing, but you, the enemy's been trying his best. The enemy's been trying to beat you. The enemy's been trying to take you out. The enemy's been putting obstacles in front of you. The enemy's been trying to discourage you and depress you. But I got news for the devil tonight, amen. He should have killed you when he had the chance because you're here today still, still standing and still praising God. And God's about ready to put a new power inside of your life so that you can be able to Answer God's call for your life. Come on, clap your hands a little bit if you know what I'm talking about. See, Paul wasn't going to let what didn't make sense stop him from what God had for his life. He wasn't going to let that. It didn't make sense. It didn't matter. I'm going for this. I'm going after God. He said, remain faithful. In other words, listen, don't, don't, don't follow the crowd. Hello. Don't, don't, don't go after, you know, what's, what's, what's convenient in the moment. Don't let the pressures of the world and the pressures of, of people stop you from going after what God has for your life. He could have easily threw in the towel and said, this isn't worth it. The trials ain't worth it. What I'm facing isn't worth it. Listen, this is not fair. Oh, he didn't say that. See, I've learned this. God is the God of the ups and the God of the downs. He's the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. He's the God of every season. He's the God of every chapter. He's a God of every single season in our lives. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't stress. He doesn't worry. I don't know about you, but I don't serve a God that paces up and down in heaven and say, I don't know how to get you out of this one. No, the God that I serve says, I got everything under control. Just trust me. I got everything under control. Just have faith in me. Just have everything under control. I'm going to work this out for you because I'm sovereign. You just keep doing what I'm telling you to do and watch. Watch me work. Watch me work. You stay determined. Paul wasn't going to let anything get in the way of what God has for his life. He understood that, that the enemy was going to be there to fight back. <coughs> See, the Bible never says to fear of the devil, but he says to be aware we have one. 
It never says to fear. You'll never see it anywhere in the Bible where it says fear the devil. Never. Find it for me and show it to me. You'll never see it. But he will say a word. Be aware. Be alert. That there is an enemy out there trying to stop you from reaching your destiny in your life. Because some of you aren't going to go and take a city. One, you may not go out one day. Some of you are. Some of you are not going to be a missionary. But God's going to bless your business so much. God's going to bless your child so much. God's going to bless your, your promotion and your office. God's going to bless your family so much. God's going to bless you so much. God's going to bless your life group so much. God's going to bless your local so much. Why? Because God wants you to take your city. You know, I, I like to share this testimony of one of my brothers. He was on uh, uh, Vision Cast. His name is Israel. He was, if anybody watched Vision Cast, and he has a successful business. He was, when I was a youth leader in my church, he was the home director, so we were really close. But after he stopped running the home, he started a business. And long story short, that business started from his little garage has become a multi-million dollar business. And you know what his vision is? He says, the reason I want to get blessed is because I want to see my church grow. Ooh, that's a dangerous man right there. Why? Because he says, I want to take my city. And if that means I go to work, to, and yes, you got to take care of your family. Yes, you got to take care of your kids. Yes, you got to do all that. Yes, God wants to bless you. But as God is blessing you, it's because God wants to bless your city. And as God wants to bless your city, it's because God wants to bless the region. And as God wants to bless the region, God wants to bless the international. You guys already said so many missionaries over the place. But at the same time, God also wants to bless right here. Come on, give the Lord a hand if you believe that. And, and we've heard the scripture, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle, right? And sometimes we say, well, how come I can't handle it? <laughs> you know why? Because there's more in you than you think. God sees you better than you see yourself. God sees you for who you really are, not for what the world has made you to be or life has made you to be. You, you, there's, there's more in you than you think. There's, there's bigness in you. You got power in you. You got energy in you. You're not weak. Yes, maybe you're physically going through stuff, but you're not weak. You got power. You got energy. You got an anointing. You got faith. You got everything you need. It's in you. Stop letting the devil throw you around. Stop letting the devil punk you out of God's promises for your life. When God wants to say, listen, I want to raise you up. I got a bigger plan for your life. Devil's a liar. Big fat liar. Amen. See, God wanted to bring miracles and signs and wonders. But in order for that to happen, there had to have been some men that paid a price for that literal city of Lystria. The Bible says, as I get ready to close, the piano could come on up, that because of Paul's determination, listen, because of Paul's determination, the Bible says that they won a large number of disciples. Now, if you do any type of, you know, studying on this, you'll find that one of those disciples was Timothy. If Paul would have gave up and said, you know what, Lystria, you guys are all messed up, man. I want nothing to do with you. 
guys are wicked. <laughs> and just say, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, no. But he went back into Lystria, and guess who was there? There's a young man by the name of Timothy. And Timothy, we know, became the pastor, lead pastor of the church of Ephesus. The biggest church of that time, the church the apostles went to, the church that Jesus' mother even went to. It was a very influential church of the day. This young man would have never been reached if Paul would have said, forget it. See, on the other side of your blessing, another side of your price, another side of you, your determination is people that are going to change the world. Some of you, you're going to raise up generations of pastors and missionaries. You've already done it, but it's going to continue because of your willingness. See, this is what I love about this. The Bible says that Paul was down. He was beat up, almost dead, right? And the disciples, the Bible says that the disciples gathered around him. I believe there's something significant that took place there. The singers could come. I believe there's something very significant that took place right there. I believe as Paul was sitting right there and he was almost dead, I don't know if he was bleeding or bruised or feeling bad. I don't know what was happening, but he got up somehow and he was sitting there and all of a sudden the Bible says that disciples gathered around him. See, there's something about when there's a group of people around the leader that's able to encourage you. There's something about a group of people that look at their leader and say, I, I see you going through it. I see you paying the price. I see you bruised and I see you battered literally for the Apostle Paul at this time. And they said, listen, the Apostle Paul, we're with you. We got your back. We, we're with you in this battle. We don't, I know you're down right now, but come on. And all of a sudden, the Apostle Paul, I believe, looked at around at his leaders, looked around at his disciples and said, I can't quit. I got to get back up and I got to go back into that city. And all of a sudden, these disciples said, listen. We're going with you. We're going with you into that city this time. Come on, stand. I love this. Because, listen, we cannot take the city without disciples. There's a difference between disciples and, and just Christians. A big difference. We cannot take this city without true disciples of Jesus Christ. Disciples. Disciples of Jesus. One of the greatest compliments I ever got. And I, I have other privilege to do some amazing things. But the greatest privilege I ever, uh, compliment I've ever got in my life was someone from my church. They came up to me, an older gentleman, and he says, Pastor, he goes, I can tell you're a true disciple of Jesus Christ. I says, wow, that's my goal. I want to be a disciple. I want to, like, isn't that what we heard Pastor Al say, I'm a disciple. You hear, you know, disciple. There's a difference between a disciple. These men were disciples. They were saying, listen, I'm going to get around you, and I'm going to fight this fight with you now. We're not just going to watch you get beat up anymore. We're going to go back in that city. We got your back. Let's take the city, Paul. Let's go and take Lystria. Let's go and do this thing. Let's take the city for God. If that means I'm willing to pay the price with you now, then that's what it means. I'm willing to pay the price with you. Why? Because I'm a disciple now. I've seen you pay the price, and it's time for me to also take, take on that price. See, what were to happen if you were to take on that life group like God wants you to? What were to happen if God were to help tell you to take on that gang ministry like you're supposed to? 
What were to happen if you were to take on that area of ministry, the evangelism team that God has called you to do? What, what were to happen if God were to raise you up and say, I got to get disciple, I get under my pastor's wife, I got to get under my pastor like never before, I got to get under my pastors and leaders like never before, I want to be a disciple now. What were to happen? You know what would happen? There would be such a revival that would take place in your city like never before. Why? Because God wants to use you to be able to open it up. See, I, I really believe this. I believe there's more, but we need disciples. You know what I like to call them? I like to call them DFWs. You know what DFW means? Someone that's down for whatever. Is there any DFWs here tonight? Is there any DFWs here tonight? Whatever. You want me to do that? I'll do it. Whatever. I'll do whatever you called me to do. I said at Mighty Men of Valor, before I ever preached at a Mighty Men of Valor, I was a mighty usher of valor. I was a powerful usher. I was anointed usher. I had a badge and everything. I said usher. And it looked good on me because I was an usher for Jesus. Little did I know that God was looking for an usher to go to South Africa. He was looking for an usher to go to the missionary field. He was looking for somebody that was down for whatever. Whatever it Whatever that means to you, that means being more committed to church. That means being faithful tither. That means being a faithful leader in the church. And you ever feel like, oh, I, I, I have too much on my plate. And God said, no, this is the price. I'm building your capacity. I'm growing your capacity now. I'm allowing you to go through these things because I got a bigger picture for you. Listen, Paul could have quit. I would have never experienced reaching the city. And reaching a young man by the name of Timothy. See, tonight, God wants you to go to another level in your commitment. See, what I've learned, and I'm finished in serving God, is that God requires a few yeses in your life. At key moments, you say yes to him, first of all, in salvation. That's the most important yes. But as different seasons in your life, he'll require another yes. You say, are you willing to say yes now? Because if you say yes, I'm going to take you farther than your dreams could ever think. I'm going to take you farther than you could ever imagine. Just say yes to me. You might be a young person out there today, teenager, 20s. Listen, God can use you now. God can use you. I went to South Africa. I was 26 years old. God's able to do anything. God's doing it. And God can use you tonight. I want you to lift up your hands. Come on. Lift up your hands tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing worth more. Come on. Whatever that means to you.